What is up, young adults? Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, follow us at YA underscore Power Bluff. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Is that Denise? Oh, man. See, amen. Praise God. Is that Master Glass? Alex, what's up? If y'all don't know, that's Alex. That's, that's, that's one of my really good friends, if y'all don't know. Uh, yeah, my only friend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what's up, guys? Y'all are, like, all spread apart. I, like, I mean, I guess. That's cool. I mean. I don't know if somebody didn't put the order in on or what. Nessa. I'm just kidding. Anyways, I'm excited for tonight. I don't know about y'all, but uh, ever since Tuesday, I've been really excited. You can ask the worship team. It was like a mini, mini, like, tonight. It just all kind of happened, which is hilarious. So don't ever ask me to say anything. Um, But, yeah, anyways, it was really good. We were all blessed, and uh, here we are today. So, how many of y'all had a good week, huh? huh? Yeah? You know? This is pretty interactive. I mean, it's, this is like, there's like three rows of people here. You're like, I can see y'all. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, you know, I can almost hear what y'all are thinking. Uh, Zamarita, what's up? Doing good? Yeah? I can see you, you know? Just kidding. Nah, uh, but anyways, I'm excited. It's good. Today's going to be great. Uh, did we, what was I going to say? Did we announce, oh, did we announce a summer trip yet? No? Oh, okay. We're in the works for a summer trip. How many of y'all went to Canyon Lake with us? Really? None of y'all went to Canyon Lake with us? Wow. That's Oh, Janice went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, that's why we're telling you now. So uh, it's in the works to do it again. I know we took a pause. Usually we try to do it every year. Uh, but we're going to try to do a one-day trip to a Canyon Lake-esque type thing, okay? Uh, last time we rented a boat, we went, chilled, we barbecued, we played a bunch of games. It was really cool. It was really fun. So, for all our newcomers this year, which is all y'all, that's great. We'll have to get two boats now. Uh, you know, just prepare for that. It's June, July-ish. Uh, it's going to be really good, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. So it's usually a, like we leave in the morning and come back type of thing. You know, everybody works. So anyways, ah, it's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good day. I could just stand here and like, you know, whatever. It's all good. Uh, yeah, I was ble- I'm already like kind of like more than blessed right now because Joe's offering message was really blessing me, which was really good. That first Timothy scripture was like, was really good. I, I was going to steal it, but you already, you already said it, so. It's be awkward now. Uh, all right. Anyways, so I'm going to be in Luke 14 and 15 today. I was trying to come up with a message or a title because, you know, when you speak, you're supposed to have a title, but whatever. Uh, it's like, how many of y'all have seen, like, every, who listens to our podcast, right? It's pretty good. I got to admit, it's pretty good. Some people's podcasts are really crappy, but ours is good. Can you say that from the pulpit? Maybe. Um, you know, thank you. Thank you, Quasha. Every time I want to say crap, I'm just going to point to Quasha. <laughs> uh, so our podcast, like every, okay, it's like all the leaders and we rotate, right? Well, everybody has great titles besides me. Like, I think like one year, I, I mean, I think one time I randomly titled something Christmas tree and it was like not about, yeah. And then it was like, what was the last one? The last one was good. It was actually like a title. But, like, what was another one? I have some weird titles. Go look at my titles. They're fun. They're fun. Anyways, how many of you serving the Lord should be fun, right? All right. It, it, it should be fun. Me, I, like, even during the week, sometimes I stop in here and Denise is here because she's the sevenfold ministries leader. Um, and so we always have fun. Church is fun. I have fun on Wednesdays. I have fun on Sundays. I have fun on Tuesdays. Yeah. You know, I didn't, you don't realize how much you're at church until you start saying how much fun you've had at church. So um, I do have a wife, and uh, she's out of town, so I haven't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the, whatever. I have this, fun, never mind, I'm not going to say that. Anyways, anyways, Luke 14. Uh, 
So uh, the title was going to be like, where's your heart? Or it was going to be like, what, what, what really matters to you? Question mark. Or it was going to be like heart condition. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. But anyways, it it's basically comes down to all your heart, right? So I want to start in Luke 14. I'm going to read the story of Jesus and the man with droopsy and the Pharisees. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, there's, there's, one, there's one saying I like to go by because, I mean, I've been in ministry for most of my life now. Not like where my parents were pastors because obviously we went to church before then. But 11 years now, this church has been open, which is, like, really awesome. If I start talking about that, like, Tuesday, it'll be, like, 30, it will be here for 45 minutes. But I've seen a lot of things, and I've heard a lot of things, and I've done a lot of things, and I've gotten rebuked for many things, and I've gotten complimented for way less things that I got rebuked for. And uh, so, you know, there's always a chance to be offended. There's always a chance to be hurt. There's always a chance to hold grudges, especially when 90, like, it used to be 90% of the church was my family. Now it's more like 30% of the church is my family, which is great, but it also sucks because it's like, you know, it doesn't suck. Anyways, it's great because, you know, usually families don't work well together, but we have a great family. Why? Because we all love the Lord before, and then we like love everything. Then Minati loves her dogs, and then she cuts her grass, and then I'm like somewhere down there. I'm just kidding. But anyways, so yeah, there, anyways, you're, you're loving the Lord, loving the church. To this day, 11, 13, 15 years in, I still have a great time. I'm literally standing here with the most genuine smile because I'm just having fun right now. If I did not, if you know me, I usually, I don't have a filter and I'm not going to really say like something that I don't feel like saying. So like if I genuinely wasn't having a good time right now, <laughs> I would not say it. Um, but anyways, I love the church. I love the Lord, which is why I enjoy being here. Even when I'm not speaking, even when I'm getting rebuked, I still enjoy being here. Now, do I want to go shadow box in my car? I'll maybe, you know, sometimes you want to do that. But I really enjoy being here. I, I love the Lord. Where, what greater place than to be in the Lord's house, right? I met, I have a great wife. I met her here. She dropped out of nowhere. Uh, all my friends are here. Well, not all my friends, but like most of my friends are here, the ones I actually hang out with. Uh, and so, but yeah, Andre's here, you know, oh, never mind. Uh, but you know, we all love the Lord and it's great. And I have a great time because when it's like, it's kind of like you're the relationship, my relationship with the Lord, I have no means and no grounds to talk on marriage. I had somebody ask me a question about marriage the other day and I was like, ask me 10 years from now. Like I, I'm not even touching the subject of marriage until I'm like in I used to have a joke that I'd tell my mom that I, the week after I get married, I'm starting a marriage podcast because there's people who do that. It's so stupid. Uh, anyways, because, you know, how are you going to answer questions when if y'all have a marriage podcast? I'm sorry. I don't know if y'all do or not, but it got really quiet when I said that. <laughs> uh, but now it's because before, you know, I, I was reading the Bible, I had a relationship with the Lord, but now I'm married. So some scriptures make more sense. Some, you know, references or some things that are said or like more relational, I can connect to even more now because I have somebody I'm accountable for. I wake up next to somebody. I like um, spend my time. Like everything I do now has to be thought of with somebody else in it. Opposed to I was like a single guy. I like cooked like eggs and red meat like every meal. And it was like awesome. Now I get rebuked because red meat. Anyways. Praise God. I hope she doesn't listen to this later. Uh, and so, you know, it's just, but I love the Lord. I enjoy being here. Just like when I go out with my wife, I love being with my wife because I know her. I know what she likes. We get along. We have inside jokes nobody knows about. It's like, she, like, I can look at her. She can look at me. We know what we're talking about. You know, it's like you have those little quirks and those little things because you spent so much time with them that it's like, you're there, your relationship is there. So if it's like, if it's like, you know, if I got to do something with Courtney, I'm like, good, you know, even if I don't want to do the thing, I'm still, or like, it's like not something I initially want to do. 
I like enjoy it because I'm with Courtney. So it's the same thing with the Lord. You know, sometimes you get rebuked, but I love the Lord. So it's like, you know, whatever, let's get over it. Why did that come up? Oh, yeah, because Luke 14. Anyways, so I'm going to start reading. Was that good? Did, y'all, did that make sense? That's just a little side note, you know. Um, amen. I'm already blessed. We can go home now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Luke 14. I'm going to start reading from the, this is New King James. Uh, I'm going to start reading from, let's just do verse 1. Uh, Luke 14, 1. And it says, I'll just read from here. It says, now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. Has anybody ever watched you closely as you ate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And behold, there was a certain man before him who had droopsy, dropsy, droopsy. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent and he took him and healed him and let him go. So, uh, you know, this is kind of funny because as you read the Bible and you like, you know, when you're younger, you think the Bible is kind of like not boring. You just don't understand it. And then, like, you start reading the Bible and you start getting older. And then you, like, relate, you realize how, like, how funny Jesus was in the way that he, like, poked at people or, like, roasted people, like, in the most, like, savage way. I wouldn't say savage, but, you know, the most, like, it's like he asked them a sarcastic question, like, in their face. It's kind of like that awkward thing where it's like, never mind. But, yeah, he, so he asked them, he said, is it? He says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? An obvious question. He could might as well have said, like, is the sky blue, right? But they said nothing. Why? Because they were religious. They already knew the answer. But this guy with droopsy right here, what are you going to say? Like, no, sorry, bro. Like, you know, it's like, not, it's not your day. A droopsy, I have, you know, I, don't, I looked it up, but I, didn't, I think it was like Down syndrome, right? Oh, I thought it was, okay, well, you know. Yeah, I thought it was downstream too. Some people thought he was sleepy. I'm just kidding. Oh, either way. Something was wrong with the guy, okay? Can we agree on that? Something was wrong with the guy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, something was physically wrong with the guy. And so in verse 4, it says, but they kept silent, right? Because he was like, ooh, you know, whatever. And he took and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, which one of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him up on the Sabbath day, right? Because the whole reason why he couldn't be healed was because it was the Sabbath. Because of that certain day, he was, they were just stuck to their religion, and it was like, okay, of it's this day, you're not getting healed. But they didn't, Jesus came to destroy, which you can't blame them, right? Because the Pharisees lived by the law. So they had the law, they had the standard, but Jesus came to destroy the law. So that's why it was like he was rebuking them, but also he was changing the world at this time. And so it says, and they could not answer him. They asked them, you know, who would untie his donkey, who would pick him up? And he says, and they would not answer him regarding these things. And so, um, you know, Jesus basically was directly challenging their religion. You know, because why, why did he sarcastically say that? He, he knew they weren't going to answer, but he was challenging them. And it was, it was their, their heart was in the law. Their, their, it was in themselves because the law was you keeping yourself to a standard that made you righteous. But now Jesus came and the whole thing changes. It's no longer the law. You can't even take credit for making yourself righteous because Jesus came and died for us on the cross and we were made born again. He gave us salvation. Well, you have to receive it. but um, And so through Jesus Christ, we become righteous, not the law. So they were in the law. Jesus made us righteous. And so uh, it left him speechless. It left them speechless. They were like, 
They were rebuked. They were shocked. Nobody ever spoke to them this way. Pharisees back in the day were like the stuff. It was like they were the t- up there. And so religion or love, why do you come to church? I wrote that down. You know, do you come to church because you've always come to church? Do you come to church because your parents took you to church from like one to seven and then you fell away and then you come back because you know you went when you're younger? Do you come to church because your, your spouse comes to church? Do you come to church because your friend comes to church? You know, why? What's the purpose of you coming to church? Like, why come to church, right? Is it actually because you love the Lord or is it just because it's something to fill your time? Now, so this, that's setting up what I'm going into. I'm not just like picking at whoever, you know, whatever. Uh, but really, evaluate, take like a couple seconds, evaluate yourself and think, actually think too, because it's so easy when life goes on to be like stuck in your routine and you never actually like sit back, take a step back and you're like, wait, why am I doing things, right? And that's how people get stuck in like stagnant rotations. That's how people get stuck in, in like a complacency. When you're complacent, you don't really go anywhere. You're just kind of doing your thing. Well, so take a step back, really evaluate why, why am I here? Why am I actually here? And so, um, and that's, that'll be the reflection of your heart because out of the mouth, the hearts, or yeah, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And so why do you come, why do you even come to church? The Pharisees weren't speechless because they couldn't actually answer. They were speechless because they knew they were guilty. At, they, were all, they were at fault. They knew they were religious. Knowing this, knowing that they did work, they would do work on the Sabbath with the donkey, but they wouldn't allow this person to be healed. So they were guilty. They were guilty of, of this is, would be pride. This would be selfishness. This shows us something. The condition of their heart was not there. And so, you know, you could pick up a donkey, but you can't get your brother to be healed on the Sabbath. Work is work, right? And so let me put it in these terms. This is, this is, this is, I'm, this is what I was setting up for. Let me put it up in these terms. Evaluate, evaluate yourself. When asked to do something for the church, do you get excited or do you get annoyed? May, uh, I said maybe, or um, do you get, when, let me just keep reading. When the word is, no, I'm not going to go there. Okay, so value yourself. When you are asked to do something for the church, do you get excited or do you get annoyed? Are you happy to do something or are you like, dang, man, I got I to gotta do this again. You know, I just like one of those things. I, I've, been, I've been there. I've been there. So going down the next, I wrote, when the word begins to be preached, are you the one, are you the one to find the reason to avoid it rather than, uh, rather that be mentally avoid it? Maybe you go to the restroom. Maybe uh, you, maybe you even pick up a volunteer position so you don't have to be in service or trust. I, I, when you're in church long enough, you see it all. Or do you create every excuse not to be in service? Right? I, is that not real? Right? How, when, you're, when you're in church long enough, you, you, you see people, and it, it, it's funny. It's, it's the same. Like Joe said, you see people the most prosperous. They're the ones given the most. It, it, it's, not, it, it's not a coincidence. It's no, it's, no, it's no coincidence that people with certain outcomes and people with certain things and are, are, and are in certain places do certain things and commit themselves to a certain way to the Lord. It, it, it literally, like Pastor Jesse said, I think it was Pastor Jesse, he says that you put all the tithers on one side of the room, all the non-tithers on one side of the room, you'll see a noticeable difference. I, I was laughing because I was in school the other day and all these people, right, they're all older than me. And they all complain about, you know, they're all complaining about money. They all complain about all this stuff. They make fun of me because I wear Lululemon pants. But they're just hating because these are the most comfortable pants ever. You know, they're the best pants ever. I would have never said that a year ago. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it's like if they, it, they think they can do it on their own, right? They don't have the Lord. They don't tithe. They're not tithers. 
Uh, I'm actually hoping that I'm believing that there, some of them are going to come because there are people who like went to church and they like kind of fell away because they got offended. But like you can tell their heart. You know how people are like their hearts there. So I, I'm, I'm going to be bringing some guests soon, which is good. Um, and y'all see, I actually have friends. Uh, but what was I, what was I going there? Oh, I was hearing them complain and all this stuff. And it's like, it's no coincidence that I can give up past 10% of our incomes. And yet we have way more than enough than the world, you know? And it's like, we're all in the same class for the same thing. We're all doing the same things. I, but it's no coincidence that when you follow the biblical steps and what the Lord says to do, that you will be noticeably different. The Bible even says that. I wish I knew the scripture off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, all right, so down. So where's your heart, right? What, what are you doing? And the, if you, somebody invites you to a birthday party or your favorite event or, and you're all hyped up, why? Because your heart's there, Right? It's like, it's like if somebody invited me to the Texans, I'd be like, who really cares, right? They could tell me they had sweet tickets. They could tell me I'm going to be on the floor. I could rub J.J. Watt with some lotion. Like, I don't care. Like, that, that does not make me happy. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, whatever. He doesn't even play for Houston anymore. I don't even know why I said that. Anyways, the point is, football is like, it's not, that doesn't get me excited. It's, like, not my thing. Like, you could say, like, I'm giving you season tickets to every game, and you can, like, be in the end zone. Like, I don't care. That's not fun. But if you say, like, I got one pair of tickets in, like, the midsection to the Astros, I'm, like, all hyped. I'm canceling everything out because I really enjoy baseball, you know? That's, like, my thing. So, but, and it's the same way with the church. It's, like, okay, the church says we're having evangelism week right? One outreach every week. You want to die to the flesh? You do evangelism week. But, you know, four times a year. And so, you know, I, this past evangelism week was actually, was it the first one since COVID? No? We had a second one. Dude, time flies. I'm telling you. My, I'm like, I'm everywhere right now. That's right. We did. I made a highlight video for that one. <laughs> Ooh, whoops. Uh, but anyways, when evangelism week comes around, I'm so hyped. I'm, like, really excited. Why? Because a lot of people are getting saved. And that's what we're here to do. Go out and tell the world. That's the Great Commission. And, but it's because my heart is there. I love the Lord. I have, like, an A1 relationship with the Lord. It's like, that's, it's me and the Lord. Just like it's me and Courtney, me and the Lord, before even me and Courtney. But if I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, or I was, like, lacking on my relationship with the Lord, I'd be like, Man, I'm scheduling all my work on from 6 p.m. I'm working late. I'm taking up extra jobs. Dang, you know, I don't really need overtime, but I guess I'll take it. It's like, you know, you start making every excuse on why not to go to evangelism week. Or like, man, I already show up Wednesdays. I already show up Sundays. But you realize because there's no relationship there. You can't even blame. You can't even. I can't even blame people like that because there's no relationship there. Of course, it's not going to be exciting. Why would anybody want to go out in the rain, set up chairs, put on sound, eat subpar popcorn, like maybe get a meal after? It's like, why would anybody in the world want to do that? It's not a flesh type thing. But when you love the Lord and have a relationship with the Lord, you're more than happy to do the work for him. So, and see people get saved. You go out there, you see people give their lives to the Lord, and it really does something to you. It really stirs you up. You know, because you're doing what God created you to do. And so it, it's, it's, this, it's going back to this. Everything. Where's your heart at? What's your heart condition at? It's the same reason why on Tuesday night practice. Are y'all annoyed? I don't know. Maybe some. I'm just kidding. I'm just picking at y'all because I guess I'm right here right now. Um, all right. So let me tell you, it can be the same with the Lord you must obtain and keep a consistent relationship with him. So the key there is keep a consistent relationship. Because again, when I, when I gave the evangelism week example, I said if you don't have a relationship or if you're lacking in relationship, that's even worse. If, you're la it's, if you don't have a relationship, you can still get saved. But if you have a relationship with the Lord and you're lacking, it's like four times as more annoying than if you didn't know the Lord. Because you know enough, 
but you then you know you're not doing it and then you're annoyed because you're not in the right it's it's just a it's a bad cycle you don't want to be there trust me you do not want to be there especially if you attend this church you do not want to be there and so as someone who has been volunteering in ministry for 11 to 13 years now probably longer honestly if you do not have a relationship personally with the lord Everything that is outside of your normal services will start to seem as a huge inconvenience opposed to your carnal desires. Again, this goes back to if if I said, man, I'm giving you tickets to the Astros every day this week, you wouldn't be one bit upset. But, or, or the world wouldn't be one bit upset. But if I say, hey, come to evangelism week and take some pictures, then you're throwing fits, you're like mad, you don't come to church. No, I'm just kidding. But that's how it is, because your heart's not there. So check your heart. Why do you do what you do? Why, why, why should you serve the Lord? Why are you getting annoyed? Paul says, I buffet my body daily. This is the thing you have to do daily. Otherwise, you start lacking, and, and it's noticeable. You know, there's a reason why people go from second row to third row to fifth row. To, see, question knows. She's been looking. She's been here long enough. If you're here long enough, you notice they go to sex at six row, and then they're here. Yeah, they're here Sunday. Then they're not here Wednesday. Then they got a job Sunday night. And then it's like, you know, and then they're not here anymore at all. But obviously something went wrong along the way. It doesn't just happen. You know, uh, I wrote down, uh, let's see, I wrote down something in here. I wish it was very obvious, but. Uh, okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. What time is it? All right, we're good. We're in good time. All right, so moving on. Basically, check yourself. Check your heart. The Lord loves you. He's He gave His only begotten Son so that you would not perish but have eternal life. He is a good God. He's a God of more than enough. He's the God of plenty. He's the God that can take somebody with no degree and triple their salary in that much time. He's the God who can give me a wife when there was no prospects at all here. You know, it came out of nowhere. It just, it's not a coincidence that I was here one day and like, I like blonde. I like, you know, I like, I like a lot of things, you know, and it just so happened from New Orleans, you know, because never mind, that's borderline racist. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> Anyways. There's like certain types of people. I like I like cultured people. And New she is very cultured. New Orleans people are like the Caucasian Mexicans. They have big families. They're all loud. They all talk a lot. It's like, you know, whatever. Uh, moving on. Luke 14, 16. We're gonna talk about the the great, you know what? I might skip that for the sake of time. I'm gonna skip that one. Basically. If you want to read a good story about people who don't want to hear the word, the Great Supper is a good story. All right. So I'm going to go fast forward and go to Luke. Where are you? I had it here. Luke 15, 11. We're going to move to the Luke 15, 11. And this is the good old story of the prodigal son. This is so simple, but yet so overlooked. Um, and so this is a reflection of Jesus to you. And so, because the Bible says his mercy and goodness follows us all the days of his life. That's, you really should, you really should, I advise, get some kind of scriptures there's like, I have like four staple scriptures. I have a couple staple scriptures that you just say randomly that are like easy enough to remember, you know, like Psalms, Psalms 3. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's like he makes me lie down in green meadows. That's like really easy to remember. But it, it's, it's, good for, it's good for your spirit. All right, moving on. Uh, verse 11. So the parable of the lost son. Then he said, this is Jesus speaking, Jesus saying this story. It says, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me all the portion of goods that falls to me. 
So he divided to them his livelihood. He basically said, I want you to die now, but without dying, can I have the money? That's what he said. And so he says, not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Uh, there's a, I think the Amplified explains what it is, but whatever. Then he went, but when he spent all there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. So he took everything the Lord, uh, his father had for him, and went and spent it like no tomorrow. But then everything dried up like that, right? His plan was to go have fun, but then boom, COVID hits. No, I'm just kidding. I have a very, I have a, so many testimonies during COVID. It's not even funny. Like it, it's just great. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, a that's a mirror image of this. He was out there and then boom, everything suddenly dried up. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent to him and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And so the crazy thing is Dake's, the Dake translation or the Dake Bible talks about in this time that if you were sent to go feed the swine, that it was like the lowest of lowest of lowest positions. Like it was the most slave position. Like that was the worst. It didn't get worse than that. It was like the bottom of the pit. And so he, he went and sent him to the swine, the pigs. Yeah, because you, nobody, you couldn't sacrifice the pigs and they didn't eat the pigs. So why are they even alive? So they send you to go take care of basically the waste of life. It's like, it's just the worst position. And so, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many, so to point that out, he, they sent him to this terrible position and they didn't even get him food. That's how bad it was. They didn't give him a lunch. He had to eat whatever was out there. And so, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and perish with hunger? And I perish with hunger. They have enough to eat and they have enough to spare. And here I am being sent out to the worst position with no food. So it's funny because it's like sin, a sinful life, sin. Here, I wrote it down. It says the condition, his condition brought him to his senses. The place he was in was so bad, it, it made him snap out of it. It was like, I had everything. How much better do my father's servants have it than me here? And he's a blood, he's a blood, an heir to the throne. But he went and threw it all away, spent all he had, and now he finds himself here. So it's like, when you're, when you're in, in, if you're backing away and then you're wondering why everything's left right up down everything looks like a mess you take a step back and you're like wait I'm not where I once was wait I started doing this I let this come in I let that person start talking to me I started replying to these dms I started I'm just kidding trying to be relevant here you know I started oh I started watching this I picked up this hobby, like, you know, it's the little, the, the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, right? The first time it may be a, hey, this next time it may be like, meet me here at seven, you know, is that kind of thing. Be, the Bible, that, that's, I don't know if that's actually a scripture, so I'm not going to say it. It says, have you ever been there? I, this is me, me speaking. Have you ever been there or are you there now? People think something is going to automatically switch in their head as, as when they get saved. But in reality, no relationship grows or strengthens without devotion. Your wife, your, your animal. Nessa, if your dog sees you, is she happy? Okay, why? Because you saved her. You like, you know, she could have been in a Chinese restaurant. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wait, sorry, that's kind of racist. Whatever. This isn't live streamed. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't say that. No, just kidding. <laughs> but really, it's because your dog knows you. You've raised the dog since you were a baby. Now, if I went, she'd probably try to chew me up. She'd probably get mad at me. Dogs don't like colored people for some reason. It's really weird. 
It's really weird. Uh, I experienced that firsthand. Just saying. Um, but anyways, it's it's that. It's that thing. <laughs> I'm so done with myself already. <laughs> Hey, it's a good night. If you come to young adults and you don't laugh, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Uh, but yeah, so no, in reality, no relationship grows or strengthens without devotion. So it, it, it's, it's, you're not just going to wake up one day and be like, all right, I'm on fire for the Lord. Like, I'm ready to do this. Like, there's no such thing as like, you're going to wake up one day and be like, oh, I just have to be in the Word for four hours. Like, that's, if you think that's, like, something that happens when you hit a certain age or when you start hanging around certain people, it does not happen. That's why the Bible says, I must die to my flesh daily. Why? Die, because you don't want to do it. But when your spirit becomes stronger than your flesh, it's easy. It's a joy to do it. It's almost, you can't really do anything else before you do that. But it's because you've created and strengthened your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why you have to continue. You can't, it's not something that just comes. If you, it, to have a relationship with the Lord does not just happen. You, there's, you, you're not going to get touched on the head, roll it around on the ground, get up and automatically sing B-flats like Brienne on the worship team. Like, you're not automatically going to be able to read your word for an hour or even pray for an hour or even read your word for 30 minutes and pray for 30 minutes. That it, does not, it does not happen until you decide to say, hey, my, I know on my own way I can, I can do nothing. Nothing can be successful. And if it can be successful for a little bit, all roads lead to, to an end. And so, but with the Lord... He can take you, he can take you higher than you ever thought you could. He can take you to places you're not qualified for. He can bring, he can bring for me, he brought dead contracts back to life. He's taking, he can do things that he can take, like Pastor Jesse. He was once making a couple of dollars an hour. One day somebody offered him something and his life was changed. Only the Lord can do stuff like that. But it's not until you devote yourself unto the Lord. And you're like, well, man, I've been coming to church for like three months now. I even like serve. I'm a greeter and I still don't see anything, man. Like, forget this. Well, there you go. There's your answer. All right. If that's the case, as soon as Jesus got whipped 20 times, he would have been like, I'm out of here. You know, it's like you got to you have to devote yourself unto this for it to work. If you want to come, if you want to come have a Christian life, post Christian cliches on Instagram, you know, like a couple of things. You want to be in a Christian musician circle. Like if you want to come and, you know, be in the cool, trendy group. Like I've been there. I've, been, I've done it all. I've been, I've been in the musician circle. I've been in the summit and that, you know, it's like, it's, it's all, it's all fluff, right? It all comes back to why do you do the things that you do? Why are you here? It's because you love the Lord because the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. It says, love me with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, all your spirit. It, it, it is, and how great is it to serve the Lord? It's not, it's not you're serving the Lord and you basically killed yourself. Like, it's not that type of thing. You serve the Lord and you, when you finally let go of everything that you've held on to, the Lord is actually able to do the work he's been wanting to do in your life but you've never allowed him to do. And that will take you to places that you have never seen. It'll break generational curses. It'll, it'll change your generations. I mean, if your family, if all your family looks the same, lives in the same place, does the same thing, eats at the same restaurants, become a tither, become a gither, and you'll notice that those same family members start criticizing you because you're eating at Fogo de Chow for fun. It's like I had somebody I had somebody criticizing me, not criticizing. They're making fun of me because I casually go to, like I'll casually go to Taste of Texas for no reason. It's like to them, it's like, oh, let me save up for eight months and then maybe I'll feel better about eating a steak. But when you serve the Lord and you and you devote yourself unto him, you can have steak whenever you want. You can cook steak. You can go eat steak. You can buy people. It's, you can buy other people's steaks. And it doesn't, you don't feel a thing. 
Why? Because you're in covenant. Because you're in covenant. And it's so much better. It's so much better paying for other people's stakes than it is paying your own stakes. It's like, it's way better. Trust me. If you, how do I say it? How do I tread around this? It's, it, it, how do I say this? Try not to sound like a douchebag. I don't know if that's a cuss word, but whatever. Um, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how to say it. No, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say it, but for firsthand from firsthand experience, it, if you look at our bake statements, right, it would look so stupid. It would look hilarious. You'd probably, I, I laugh at our, we laugh at our bake statements because it, it is the proof of never being able to outgiving God. And it only gets better every year. Literally, our like, because we have like monthly, not monthly, we have like weekly like budget meetings. It's kind of like our thing. We both like spreadsheets. We both like money. It, it, it works well. Thank God. One thing we've never thought about was like money. Because we, we were both the same. We don't like spending money. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. So it works, right? Uh, but... It's like our our biggest thing is always like, all right, how much are we giving this month? Like, how much are we giving? It it never people used to call me cheap, but I'm actually not cheap. I just like to spend money on what I like to spend money on, right? So it's like it it it's it's if you but if you look at my bank account, you realize what I like to spend money on. You realize there's things that I will pay, right? So now my r- recent thing is like boots, right? I kind of like I'll go spend three hundred dollars on boots. Why? Because I like it. But, like, if you tell me to go, you know, buy, I don't know, a video game, like, I don't want to spend $30. Like, if you tell me to buy a pair of jeans, I don't even want to spend, like, $40. Why? Because I don't really care about clothes. Unless I'm with Andre. Then I got to care about clothes. <laughs> but it's because that's where my heart's at, right? But when you, when you trust God, when you f- actually obey Scripture and says, test me in the tithes of the offerings and see if I will not open the windows of heaven upon your life, it's, it, it is, I'm living proof that that scripture is true. Why? Because I've done it since I was 11 years old, and I have never, ever gone without. Even in COVID, when I had t- two months without work, I never went without. It was actually a great time. I was telling my wife the other day. It was, like, great. I'd come. I'd hang out at the church. I'd, like, talk to Denise. I'd hang out with my mom. I would wait for cops to show up out of nowhere and ask, like, stupid questions. Like, it was just great. It was a fun time. And I never, ever went without. Did I get close to going without? Not now. If I went and bought, like, Gucci bags when I had no work in, then obviously you're going to go without. But, you know, but I never lacked anything. I ate. I went on dates. I did all this stuff. It was great. But because I was in covenant with God, when you're in covenant with God, you don't have to worry about anything. That's the best thing. You don't have to worry about anything. Why? Because you know that you are in a fail-safe system. If I, if I said, hey, here's $10,000, but I'm not going to give you work next week, it's like you don't, you don't really care because it's just one week. You can make $10,000 last one week. It's like a safety net. Well, I know that, oh, if I don't have anything scheduled tomorrow, I know that the Lord says I would never go without and that if I'm in covenant with him, then I will have work. So it's not even a worry. You know, you do what you do in the natural, but the Lord blesses the work of your hand. He blesses your cattle. He blesses your storehouse. He blesses your vanguard. He blesses your savings. He blesses your checking account when you are in covenant with him. But if you're not in covenant with him, then you can't get mad. You know, you can't wonder why. It's like you're not even in the running, as Pastor Jesse says. But, okay, so coming to the end of the story. The prodigal son, he's in a crappy position, right? He's eating with the pigs. He's doing all this stuff. And he's realized, I'm out of money. My life sucks. And so he decides, I'm going to go back to my father's house. So in verse 18, Luke 15, 18, it says, I will arise and go to my father and will, stay, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And so this is, he says, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So basically, 
this, we like, I like to say, this servant got humbled. He got humbled. It was humbled, humbled. He got humbled. He realized he, he had to let every ounce of pride he had come down and humble himself before his father, just as we do have to humble ourselves unto the Lord. When we give our lives unto the Lord, we're humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Lord, come into my life. Change me. I want to be made new. And so it says, it says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was, he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell at his neck and kissed him. What a beautiful, what a beautiful, um, what, how do you say that? Um, comparison to the, how the father loves you. We were off. We were once sinners, but as we came in, he openly embraced us, died for us before he even knew who you were and made a way for you to enter into heaven. But not only that, he gave you promises of the Bible to make sure you live a successful life here on earth. Joshua, uh, before I finish this, Joshua 1.8, if you put it up, this, this, this is proof. This is a proof here. It says, the book, let this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according all that is written in it. For then you will, he will make your way prosperous. Sorry. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So this is a guarantee. Your way will be prosperous. Now notice, it doesn't even say, I even made the mistake. It doesn't say he will make your way prosperous. It said you will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. But it says, what did it say before? It says, let not this book depart from your mouth. So the Bible says that he is the word and the word is the word was God and the word is God. So when you put yourself, you put the word of God in your mouth, in your heart, you actually are making your way successful. You're making your way prosperous. You're giving yourself that guarantee, that safety net of goodness, mercy, prosperity, all the days of your life. And so finishing this up, I'm trying to think of a good worship song to play for worship. And it's like in the back of my head right now, but I can't think of it. Um... Uh, we can do we can do I speak Jesus. That'd be a good one. That's a good one. Um, and so, in closing, the 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 prodigal son went off, did his thing, lost everything, wasted his dad's lifetime of work, right? His his inheritance, which is meant for when your when your father dies. He went, took it, and wasted his father's life work. Imagine that. You work your whole life for something just for somebody to go wasted in a short amount of time. Yet, when the father saw him, he didn't even wait for him to come in. He ran out to him, kissed him, and drew him back in as his own. And he arose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way away, the father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell at his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring in the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be married. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. The Father has a wonderful plan for your life. He loves you. He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross so that we would all be saved and be given the gift of eternal life. He, give, he lets you eat the, the good of the fruit. Our life, he uh, makes your life bear much fruit. Bear good fruit. The Bi- he said, the Bible says, go, go ye and multiply. Not add, not subtract, but multiply. We are to multiply in every area. You, even if you're like, oh, well, that means have kids. Well, how much money did it cost to have kids? Is it cheap? Is it cheap? No, it's not, is it cheap? I, I don't have kids, but I'm already thinking, of, I'm already adding the numbers up. But it's not cheap. So obviously you got to make some money to have kids. So there, there you go. There's your answer. If you want to say that's only for kids, there's your answer. Kids cost money.
Uh, but so, yeah, amen. Praise God. More than enough. Yes. See, y'all thought y'all received it. I'm like receiving this right now. But the father, he came back. He didn't even care. The son humbled himself, said, I'm not worthy, but it didn't matter. The matter. The father opened his arms, gave, brought out the best of all he had, and gave it unto the son. The son who wasted his life's work, the son who went and and th- th- because he didn't have a ring on, the ring actually meant like you were you were a part in that time, it meant you were like a part of the family, part of the Jew. He basically was nothing to them. The father had no obligation to that son anymore, but yet still chose chose to take him in and give him all he had, even, even more so. He had every right to be angry, but yet chose to love. And that's exactly what Jesus and, and the father did unto us. He gave his only begotten son long before we even existed. And in moving into closing that was a good service right i thought that was good i received that was good but um so you can softly play the music in the background that'd be nice just for transition's sake so amen the lord is good um what was it saying uh yeah salvation so just as you heard that story tonight and and you and you and you think to yourself you know maybe thanks again for tuning in don't forget you can always stay up to date with us and even message us on instagram at ya underscore power of love thanks again and we'll see you on the next one